Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting edge strategies on acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business so you can achieve your vision. And today, speaking of vision and a visionary, we have a visionary in the third party attribution software world Wicked Scott DeGracier on today's show. We're going to be talking a hot topic this week, Scott, is iOS 17. Everyone, Twitter, X, the socials are all aflutter with worries and concerns about tracking and attribution of iOS. And you are here as Wicked Scott, superhero, to quell their fears and to provide solutions on iOS 17, especially for all the marketers that are out there listening to this show and are worried about Apple doing it again and trying to block our tracking. So there are ways around it and ways in which we can provide solutions for you, the marketer, CMO, director of marketing, if you're owning a business. And that's what we're going to be talking about here on today's show with Wicked Scott DeGracier. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic, Scott. Wow. I feel like that was a WWF intro worthy. Buffer or a puffer would bring down the mic from the ceiling and do the announcement. You know, the intros uh, get all pumped up. We set the bar high here so people can just be disappointed. So we overpromise and underdeliver. No, that's not what we do. We try and do the exact opposite. <laughs> so you are up for that task today. <laughs> Wicked good. So now if you don't know who Scott is, Scott is the CEO and founder of Wicked Reports, third-party attribution software we love here at Perpetual Traffic and at Tier 11. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now in the tracking world. And this is obviously the I always say it's the least sexy part of marketing. Well, actually, it's become the sexy part of marketing because it's everything right now. Without tracking, you really don't have a foundation to really build a business online because you don't know how you're spending your money. And there are third-party tracking softwares out there like Wicked Reports and others. And we're not necessarily going to be talking about those specifically, but really mostly about this iOS 17 update. But before we can get into that, do you have a nugget for the perpetual traffic listener? Maybe something that you do all the time or you see all the time people making mistakes on, and maybe it's something that can help people immediately have an impact on their business. Sure. People, when they spend money, they like to immediately see the performance. It's human nature. It doesn't change. You say, hey, I just spent $1,000 today. I want to know, did I make my money back and then some? That's the mistake I see because the behavior of everyone's customers are they generally take time after the click to buy, a fair amount of them. And so what people forget to do is evaluate campaigns, grade their performance, if you will, based on time, giving it enough time. Because then when you send a great email, a great SMS, and you see all those sales roll in from that, you should go back and look and see how you did in your Facebook campaigns, because it's likely that traffic drove a bunch of people that then got the emails or SMSs. 
and connecting those together and then having a strategic approach is something a lot of people love the idea of and they forget to do. They just get used to their routine. So we do our best to remind them of that and of greater value that Facebook often has than what it first appears. Yeah, I think this is the immediacy effect of digital marketing. And I think for a lot of folks, this is definitely an an issue. And it's harder to track past a 28-day window. And I think Meta specifically, I'm not talking just like Facebook, but Facebook, Instagram, the entire Meta platform is based around the idea that you can optimize your advertising for either one-day click, one-day view, seven-day click, but also you have reporting that really goes out to 28 days, which in most cases is modeled. (laughs) It's not exact, but it's really important to understand that if you're not even looking at that 28-day window, which you can very easily do and just click down on your breakdowns in performance, it's now it's a preset under your presets for performance, which you might have put in there for your company or for your business. But then at the very bottom, there is a delivery box for you to check or a delivery radio button for you to check. And that will give you the one-day seven day, 28 day, and give you a broader idea of when people actually convert. And people think that the conversion actually comes back in Meta and Facebook from the day of the conversion, when in fact, it was the day of the click, correct? And I think that's one of the things that you, when you first came on Perpetual Traffic years ago, I think a lot of people have forgotten that. Can you just explain that? That might be sort of nugget two here. So if you're looking in your meta campaign, explaining this. Yeah. So really, there's two different ways of attributing. Well, there's a lot of ways, but the two main ways here are, let's say on September 1st, I clicked on an ad and then on September 20th, I bought. Now, if you're doing click-based conversion time, which Facebook does, on September 21st, if their pixel caught the sale and it decided to give it credit to the September 1st click, which you'll never know because it's a black box, but it, it may, then all of a sudden when you include September 1st in your reporting, it will show an additional sale because a September 20th sale happened from a September 1st click. How was that? Yeah. And that September 21st sale may have been an SMS or an email or something on site. And it was secondary to the original click. It might not have been the ad itself that had the last click, right? The ad itself had the first click, but something else had the final click. And oftentimes it might be an organic search. It might be a Google ad. It might be an SMS. It might be an email, an indirect, like who knows what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you know if you have the right software. But the problem with that approach, there's good and bad. There's good because you can evaluate that. It might make it more clear to you these clicks are taking time to buy. And then you'll either work on speeding up the buying process or expanding how long you give campaigns to turn profitable because of the reality of how your customers purchase. It also really hammers home the complementary aspect of the channels where one thing people are fighting for credit, but really they complement each other. Yeah, so that difference of I came out with, hey, let's do uh, the time of the conversion because you go into your, let's just say Shopify and you see 100 sales yesterday, you want to see 100 sales tracked or as close to it as you can. And so that's why we use the conversion time. Now, what we're now offering is you can pick your mode. You can roll your own. (laughs) 
roll your own attribution time. So you can say, I want the click or I want the order. And you can go back and forth between the two and it'll be very different view of the world. And that's why it's so important to look at a third-party attribution software, in my opinion, if you're in that stage of your business. And we actually had Austin Harrison on here where we talked about this. Like, at what stage do you need a third-party attribution tool? Well, it depends. If you're just starting out, probably not. I talked to a woman the other day who was spending $20 a day on traffic, but getting like $200 in sales. I'm like, oh my God, what a great business. She was just boosting posts. She didn't need wicked reports at that point in time. But as you mature as a marketer, and as you start to get more granular with all this, you need a third-party attribution software to be able to make those distinctions and make those connections that as soon as you go outside of the 28-day window for anything on Facebook, you lose that tracking in the ad platform. And one of the beauties of Wicked Reports is that that is, you never lose it. It's like it's into perpetuity. Somebody who clicked on an ad a year ago and all of a sudden buys today, that'll get tracked inside Wicked Reports. And that's an important distinction to make versus just the platforms itself. That's the reason why we use you guys. And the, the reason why I think it's so important as you mature as a business, you need this level of granularity because none of this is going to get any easier, especially now with iOS 17. So we're going to get into URL tracking, tracking parameters, how to actually track oh, stuff. Sexy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So make sure that you do follow us on all our socials. But most importantly, check us out over on our YouTube channel where we have simulcasts of this podcast, not in real time, but simulcasts in delayed time. So when we release this on all the regular podcast channels, we also release it on YouTube, which we are in perfect sync with right now, thanks to our amazing Perpetual Traffic video team. So check that out over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. We're going to get into the pitfalls and the things to watch out for in iOS 17 land right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com 
forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back. We are with Wicked Scott DeGrassier, which has taken me about four years to be able to pronounce your name. It's DeGrossier as well. So you still See, I still don't have it. I want to say DeGrossier. It's been over a decade. DeGrossier. It's been over a decade. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. That's why we call him Wicked Scott. But anyway, this is like, I think you're one of the most perpetual trafficked guests, I think, in the history of the show. It's 500 and some odd. Fourth or fifth visit, I think. I know. It's it's five times the charm, maybe. So tell us about what is iOS 17? Why should people be, I wouldn't say worried or concerned about it, but what they should watch out for? Just give us a generalized update what those clowns over at Apple are doing to us marketers. Oh, it's all for our benefit, though. (laughs) They're protecting our privacy. (laughs) It's all for their benefit. That's it. Just so we're clear. I don't want to go on a Tim Cook rant, by the way, because people start to get pissed. I don't either, because it won't. Be a bad so, no, luck. Bad juju. So anyway, so what is iOS 17? So iOS 17. In the name of privacy, in certain iOS 17 applications, such as Messenger and Mail, they are going to block click IDs. Now, that caused much consternation at the beginning when it was like, ooh, is that going to be UTMs? Is that going to be just click IDs? Which IDs? Which IDs not? And it's been a, a rapidly evolving and changing as the different betas and alphas came out. As it stands today on September 26th, 2023, Google and Facebook's click IDs are getting stripped from URL parameters. If you're on an iOS 17 device using certain Apple widgets or apps, if you will. Additionally, there's a setting about enhanced privacy, which is relatively not buried, but you do have to look, which you can turn on for all your browsing on your phone. Now, by default, it's private browsing only, so we don't know how many people are going to uptake it. But what that means is if you were browsing around on Safari, it would also strip the click ID. (laughs) Now, why this matters? Uh, Click IDs are used heavily by Google and Facebook. Now, of course, they're brilliant engineers, and they're going to do all sorts of other things to figure out what's going on without these. We've worked with both of those engineering teams before click IDs came, since they came, and then we'll work with them after. And there's all sorts of ways to do your best to mitigate it. But at a nutshell, Facebook and Google have one less very precise parameter that helps them identify people will now be missing from iOS 17 traffic, some portion of the high level, what's going to happen. So really, if you're looking at your SMS tracking and your email tracking and you go into your HubSpot, your, does anyone use AWeber? I don't know why that came up. AWeber is like, like, does it even exist? One shopping cart was my favorite. Shopping cart. All of a sudden we will lose total visibility for all iOS devices provided people opt out of this. Like talk to me about if people opt in or opt out because obviously the ATT prompt way back with iOS 14 was a decision which 90 some odd percent of people actually opted out. opted out. 96%. Yeah. So this one is your auto opted out by default for Messenger and Mail, the two apps on your phone, which means if you were showed a Gmail ad, for example, 
there'd be no click ID. So the click ID is this GCLID equals in this big gobbledygook, which translates into knowing a couple things. For us, it helped. We could look up what ad group and ad targeted you and then what the criteria was. So it could be Gmail lookalike of my email list. And then it's a target all Gmail addresses with your algorithms and Google think you'll like this list of people. And so that click ID made it very easy to do that. We take the click ID, we go say, hey, why did you show this ad? And it would tell us. It wouldn't tell us who, it would just tell us what. Now, Google, though, also would know who. And so now they're not going to have that visibility through the way this is currently going to work. And then additionally, if you're on Safari, you can go in and strip the click IDs from Safari as well. Now, I don't know why you'd want to do that because target advertising, if you don't respond, you don't get ads from people. And if you do respond, you get more similar. So it's in your benefit, for, <laughs> frankly, for Google to know so you're not getting annoyed by the ads that you see or less annoyed, you know, because you'll only be see things that in theory you may give a crap about. So the whole premise is like annoying. That's an interesting point, which I think people lose in this whole thing because they're saying, oh, well, it's helping my privacy. Well, it's actually assisting in you being more annoyed with online advertising, which is going to be something that us marketers are going to continue to do no matter what. So, and our ads are just going to become less relevant and more annoying to you. And that is the thing that's lost in all this is like online advertising isn't going away anytime soon. It's just that more relevant advertising is becoming less and less applicable in today's ad platforms because of what Apple is doing. And I think that's a huge differentiator. I mean, obviously, marketers listen to this show, business owners, directors of marketing, people that are obviously using online and digital advertising in order to further their businesses and, and digital marketing just in general. So we as a group are maybe skewed to this whole thing. But that, if you're in an argument about privacy at a cocktail party, that is actually a really good argument. <laughs> like it's not about your privacy. It's about now you're just going to be showing a bunch of ads that are going to get shown anyway and are less relevant for you. As you like TV when you sit through the ads in the old days, you can't skip an ad. So you just tune out. Yeah, That's what's going to happen. It's just going to be more like lame Geico ads <laughs> or whatever. Oh, my God. If I you could know? block the Geico ads on like Sunday watching football or like Saturday yeah. afternoon college football. That like, one in Liberty Mutual. Oh, <laughs> Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Are you kidding me? <laughs> or like the Ford F-150 ads. Like I am never going to buy a pickup truck. I'm sorry. I'm just never going to <laughs> stop showing me these GD ads. And I'm all set for insurance, by the way. So I'm not buying any Liberty Mutual ads, even with that stupid guy with the glasses. Anyway. But the other thing going on is that two other things related to that privacy. One is all of it's already out there. Like I, I was shocked. Like Equifax has already sold everyone's like estimated income level and everything else they know all over the place. You can upload emails to various services and get back pretty accurate insights about how much they have where they live, do they have a dog, what shows they watch. And then Hulu and Sling and Fubo and all them are selling IP address level, what shows you watched, how long you watched, exactly when you saw everything. So it's not like this is going to really change your privacy life at all. It's not going to. It's too late. Everything's out of the bag. Maybe your kids' kids, <laughs> which probably won't use the internet, probably some new thing, but it's too late. Everyone already knows all this stuff about you and just deal with it. It's too this late. Isn't gonna make, this isn't going to change your life in any way, shape, or form. And by the way, 
I know we've gone on this rant before, but it's not really privacy. What it is, is just your likes, your interests. Like that's all common knowledge. I mean, I will leave a link in the show notes. Sometimes just Google what Google knows about me. And oh, yeah. Yeah, there is a website that's out there that will show you exactly, and I think it's actually from Google, it'll show you part of the 72 million demographic and psychographic factors that they have on you, the individual, provided that you're logged into your Google account. And it'll be so dead on. And it's actually, it's okay. Because when I log into my Google account, when I log into YouTube, for example, I love the fact that it's now showing me the most relevant stuff based upon my previous watch history, like how many hours I've viewed of like certain videos, all my interests, all the things that are there, it makes it a great experience. And that's all my privacy data being used against me. No, it's actually helping me make better decisions and improving my quality of life. We have probably beaten a dead horse on that whole argument. But if this is your first show listening to us, well, welcome to perpetual traffic because we can't stand this whole privacy idea. Because it's not like they're stealing our credit card numbers or social security numbers, our checking account numbers like that. That is an issue. That's a privacy issue that is criminal. However, that is not New England is we hate it because it's phony. The Apple's being phony. They're they just, just want to collect phony. the data. Yeah. And that's just never going to work for me. If they were just like, well, we just want to figure out how to charge you more money and look better, then maybe I'd say, okay, you're telling the truth now. Well, I mean, it just goes to show like Apple is, you know, I know we're going to get some negative comments on this, but it just shows how thin Apple is. And granted, I am talking on an Apple computer here. I'm looking at an iPad. I've got an iPhone over on the right-hand side. It's like this love-hate relationship with Apple. But at the end of the day, they have no new innovations. What are they coming out with right now? A titanium iPhone? That's their innovation. So their place in the market is to tout this privacy thing, which is just a bunch of horseshit, because all they're really trying to do is just protect all the data, keep it for themselves when they launch their big ad network, which, by the way, will be one of the first ones that will advertise on that. But we've talked about that many times here on Perpetual Traffic. So what do you do about this? What is the solution? Is there a way around it? Or is it just like, all right, Apple's now taking away more tracking, especially on the messenger side and on the Gmail side, and if I'm actually using Safari, which I don't know anybody who actually does still. Me either. Uh, yeah. Yeah, older demographic, though. You're targeting like 60 to 80, 60 to 100 in theory. <laughs> they live that long. Those people are more likely to use the default browsers. And so then you would be like, oh, damn, this could affect me. But then are they going to really go in the settings and tweak them like this? No, they're not going to. The people are going to use this are already using like DuckDuckGo browser. They're already all like psychotic about it. So it might end up being kind of a non-event. But where it is, if you're doing email or SMS tracking, you basically need to use redirect links to bounce to a server that will then track them. So at Wicked Reports, we get Wicked redirects. It's just like Bitly, but you've got to get the parameters to wherever you're going to have your third-party tracking or Facebook or Google or whatever. You've got to eventually collect and push those where they need to go. But a redirect link will work fantastic on email and SMS. All right. So walk me through this as if I was a fifth grader. If somebody's, this is the first time that they've heard this particular thing. So now I have to go back in and alter and edit all of my emails because of Tim Cook and Apple is what you're saying. But I could use any redirect link, not necessarily the ones by Wicked Reports, which do this automatically. And there's obviously there's benefits there. 
So talk to me about that. So I could use bit.ly links and then that would potentially solve for any sort of link tracking that I have on my emails is what you're saying. Yeah. One way to do it is whenever you're going to create a new post of any kind that you want tracked, wherever it is, a very simple process to add in is to go create that link as a unique link in a shortened link and then send it out. And then at least you'll have first the click will be tracked based on which you know redirect you pick. You can push your UTMs or IDs or whatever to wherever it needs to go. And Apple will just see this shortened link. That will work as it stands right now. Now, will they clamp down on those as well? <laughs> I wouldn't think so, but so, so it works. So, I mean, right now, it's a nice workaround. So just in the event they're blocking UTMs or not blocking or cutting, chopping them off, supposedly they're not going to cut them off, but then they may. You switch to redirect links and then you won't have to care about it. Then you can keep all your normal tracking parameters on there. It won't accommodate Facebook and Google click IDs because those are dynamically generated at the time of the impression. There's no workaround for that. I mean, without those, you need to use third party because third party tracking doesn't have to rely on those IDs. It has other ways of deducing. There's a couple ways. You can use UTMs. Those are still legal. You can use other variables that indicate the ad ID and then look up that. That works just fine. We use both of these techniques, by the way. You could have a dedicated URL per ad set. That way kind of stinks if you have 20 ad sets, but it's foolproof for tracking. You just clone each one and give it a different, you know, suffix and then make sure, you know, robots aren't crawling it so you don't see it get penalized for dupe content. And then you could literally have one for every target you have. And that would be actually 100% fidelity tracking. So as a data purist, I love that approach. But as a maintenance, it's going to be a pain. Unless you only have like three ad sets, you could do it. You get 20 different targets in a campaign. You'd be like, oh, God. Dash 19 is a uh, woman 40 to 60 that like cats. <laughs> you know, you got to like have a matrix to keep track of it. So that's not awesome, but mm. it will work. It'll work fantastic. It will work. So that's so. the poor man's solution or poor woman's solution for getting around this whole issue. Correct. Redirects. And dedicated landing pages will likely always work. And if it comes to be that's the only way to do it, then we'll create some... Like we have easy auto-tagging for Facebook, Google, and we had it for Amazon where you could just save a lot of time. So we'll do some sort of mapping tool if we need to. We don't need to now, fortunately. can worry about other things. But I mean, that would easily work very well, actually. So there's a solution right there. I think we pumped up the intro a bit, but that is an actual solution. The other solution is obviously is a third-party attribution software like Wicked Reports, correct? Yeah. I mean, because our, our living is made in legal tracking, we have to be ahead of the laws and be able to represent the data in a way that we can prove our numbers. And that's the same for pretty much any attribution platform. Not all of them, but most of them. For example, so if I'm using Messenger, SMS, I have email sequences, all I really need to do now is just, if I just have those bare links or I have links with UTMs on them, is swap out the redirect, the UTM to a redirect link like Bitly in the emails themselves and use that link instead. And then that gets around this issue is what you're saying. Yes. Create a Bitly link or similar Put your UTMs on the post redirect and make sure you checkbox different settings that say parameters pass through to landing page or destination page. I haven't been there in a while, how they phrase it. Then when you test it out, you put the new Bitly link in your email one, you click it, 
and you should see you're at your landing page, wherever you need them to go. And you see all the UTMs on the end. Then you're like, okay, I'm good here. And you just go on to the next one. You could take the time to name your, you know, clean up your UTM naming maybe while you're at it. Always a fun project. That's great. <laughs> maybe somebody from Upwork or Fiverr to do this for you. Would that be a recommended yeah. solution if you're sort of a busy person? Yeah. yeah. Can't, you know, uh, make the content be the subject line of the email or that's what I like. So I remember it. And then have the term be the segment. So if it's a broadcast to everyone, it's to all, you know, and if you're getting all crazy with segments, which a lot of people do, then put the segment name in there. That's outstanding. That's an easy, you know, I was hoping you'd actually have a solution. I was sort of, <laughs> when I mentioned that you might yeah. actually have a solution. I have two. Well, you got two, I have two right there. Look at that. Solutions. There you go. Two they don't even involve giving me money. They're All just right. watch and go do it. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, giving you money is an alternative. We will give a link in the show notes for that, for sure. That's option three. That's option three. That's the easy person solution, maybe with a little bit more money, but not a whole lot of money. It's not like Wicked Reports cost millions of dollars. Like I said, I mean, it's one solution that we love here and we certainly endorse it just because, you know, when you reach that next level of scale, you need to have this type of visibility. And it's almost table stakes at this point in time. So this has been tremendous, Scott. I think what we're going to do here is we're going to cut this short so everyone can go click on the links, which we're going to leave in the show notes and start like swapping out their links to make sure that... Tim Cook doesn't get the better of them from Apple. And you can continue to get visibility through your tracking and show relevant ads to the right types of people in order to further scale and grow your business, as well as understand where you should put your marketing dollars and where those marketing dollars and efforts are best utilized in your business. And it all comes back to proper tracking and proper reporting. So super helpful to have you on this week's show. Where can people find you, Scott? Jeez, I, I wonder where. You know, two spots. Wickedreports.com. Go to live chat. My brother works the live chat. So then he'll then blow me up on Slack. And then I'll probably personally answer. <laughs> Direct access. <laughs> Behind so the scenes. Wicked Reports. Wow. If you have to grow your name, chances are you may be working for us. <laughs> and then uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a good spot, too. Yeah. And even if you don't know how to spell his name, uh, we'll make sure that you know how to spell it through our show notes here. But there's not many people with even like any amalgamation of those consonants and vowels in their last name. So we will leave links in the show notes for you. Make sure you connect with Scott independently of that. And of course, make sure that wherever you're listening to this week's show, leave us a rating and let us know what we can do better there. Follow me over on LinkedIn and on all the Perpetual Traffic socials. We do like 100 or so posts a week everywhere on all of our socials, Scott. And you're going to be a part of that too. So you can blast that out to your list. And also uh, follow my co-host who is not here today. I don't know. I think he's just intimidated by all this attribution talk. So he took the day off. But follow him on all his socials at Qasem Aslam. Go back and listen to previous episodes and make sure you do check out our YouTube channel, especially perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. Like I said, all resources and show notes are at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of Wicked Scott De Grossi, De Grossier, De Grossier. There we go. Yes, I got oh it right. God. Finally. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic 